0: Hello and welcome to the Our Lady of Fatima podcast. This is episode 66 and it is being recorded on Monday, January 10th, 2022. We are continuing with the chapter in, entitled The Cardinal Defaults from The Secrets Still Hidden by Christopher A. Ferrara. Once again, available for free electronic download or a purchase, if you would like a soft cover copy, from the Fatima Center, located at Fatima.org, a wonderful resource for information that is truthful pertaining to Our Lady of Fatima. So let us begin. Post-mortem surprise testimony from Sister Lucia. In the remainder of his discussion of the issue of a text of the secret in the papal apartment, Bertone offers another evasion, combined with a surprising new statement posthumously attributed to Sister Lucia. Two things I know, that in the memory of those who have managed the archive, there has never existed two envelopes, but only one envelope. The other is the word, on the contrary, the official recognition of Sister Lucia. This is the third secret, and it is the only text? Yes, this is the third secret, and I have never written other. The most hardened Fatimus, I am thinking of those who revolve around Father Nicholas Gruner, remain disappointed. Before we discuss Bertone's newly introduced quotation of Sister Lucia, which appears nowhere in the previous seven years of the official account, we must pause to consider the careful wording of his repeated evasion that in the Holy Office Archive there was only one envelope in the memory, the memory of who exactly, of those who have managed it, Once again, Bertone knows full well that the text in the Holy Office Archive is beside the point, but notice the qualifier that precedes his statement, two things I know, followed by the two things Bertone knows, that is, Bertone does not know because he chooses not to know, whether there is or was another text of the secret in an envelope stored in the papal apartment rather than the archive. He does not know this because he did not ask. Or even worse, he did ask, and will not, at least not yet, tell us the answer. But, as I will discuss further in chapter 8, it will be Bertone himself who finally reveals the existence of the second envelope, as if it had always been part of what was in the archive, suggesting that Lucia had for some reason redundantly employed two identical sealed envelopes to hold one text, even though he had never even hinted at the existence of a second envelope before. And, as we will see in Chapter 10, Bertone, via De Carli would finally acknowledge during his own television broadcast in September 2007 that there is yet another envelope pertaining to the secret, bearing the dictation of John Twenty-Third and the names of those who had read the text of the secret, which envelopes Bertone has never produced, even though his own broadcast concedes that this envelope was indeed kept in the papal apartment. What then is one to make of Bertone's above quoted declaration in Last Visionary that in the memory of those who have managed the archive, there has never existed two envelopes, but only one envelope? Clearly, if there was only one envelope in the archive, the second, never before mentioned envelope must have come from somewhere else, i.e., the papal apartment. Now to the posthumous surprise testimony of Sister Lucia. In the above quoted passage, Bertone suddenly introduces, for the first time ever in this controversy, a purported statement by Lucia he somehow has failed to mention before. Yes, this is the third secret, and I have never written other. In response to the purported question, this is the third secret, and it is the only text? Where did this alleged statement come from? When does Bertone claim it was uttered? Was it during any of his three unrecorded interviews of Lucia? If so, Was it the interview in 2000, 2001, or 2003? Who claims to have witnessed this previously unheard of statement besides Bertone himself? As Sochi asks, why did Bertone never report such an important phrase in his official publication, Message? To which I would add, why does the purported statement not also appear in Bertone's communique concerning the disastrous post-Message interview of Sister Lucia on November 17, 2001? Both Message in 2000 and the Communiqué in 2001 were published for the very purpose of quashing all further speculation about the Third Secret. Yet we are asked to believe that a purported statement by Lucia, bearing directly on the question of a missing text, was somehow inadvertently omitted, not only from these official documents, but from any other statement by Bertone or other Vatican officials over the next seven years, only to jump out of the top hat during an interview with Giuseppe de Carli, conveniently enough, at the very moment a living eyewitness, Capavia, had just confirmed the existence of a missing tax. It seems Bertone's mysterious notes, syntheses, and edited minutes of his private encounters with the late sister Lucia rather conveniently yield just what he needs, just when he needs it, and not a moment sooner, and we are asked to believe this posthumously revealed statement by the same man, has already claimed that Sister Lucia, who wrote on the third secret, secret envelope by express order of Our Lady, told him that she had never received an express order of Our Lady. Further, as Sochi observes, we are asked to believe a new statement that now, and only now, that the seer is already dead, the prelate attributes to her. Furthermore, it is difficult to see why we should believe the cardinal's claim regarding this suddenly introduced statement when... As the Cardinal himself will reveal on television in a few weeks, his claim that there is only one envelope pertaining to the secret is false. Ducking the etc. again. But not even the suddenly revealed saving statement of Sister Lucia, clearly and unequivocally, addresses the question Bertone resolutely refuses to answer or even to acknowledge when it is put to him directly. Whether Sister Lucia wrote down anywhere the words of Our Lady concluding the discourse whose ominous beginning she recorded in her fourth memoir. In Portugal, the dogma of the faith will always be preserved, etc. Or this question, whether Lucia ever wrote down any words of the Virgin at all, explaining the vision of the bishop in white. That, apparently, is something else Bertoni can say he does not know. So she asks how, absent a motive to conceal, the question of the remainder of the Virgin's discourse interrupted by etc., could have been overlooked by Bertone in his multiple interrogations of Sister Lucia. Can one perhaps accept that a phrase of such capital importance had been distractedly forgotten? What better occasion to clarify the sense of that dramatic word remaining in suspense? But nothing, unfortunately, that Bertone wished to ask the seer, had he perhaps a fear of the answer, a choice that unfortunately credits the idea of an insurmountable embarrassment concerning that phrase of the Madonna, and worsens the suspicion that there is something grave to hide. In Last Visionary, Bertone continues to avoid, like the plague, any discussion of the etc. issue, even though he states the issue himself in answering Soshi's claim that a withheld text of the secret mentions terrible events for the Church after 1960. One returns to the hashed and rehashed thesis that the attempt on the Pope of May 13, 1981 is not the content of the Third Secret. The third secret would be instead the sequel of the phrase, in Portugal, the dogma of the faith will always be preserved, etc. That, according to the Fatimists, would be explosive. After that, etc., there is nota bene, a revealing slip of the tongue. There would be other text. Having stated the Fatimist claim accurately enough, Bertone then fails to make the least attempt to refute it. He simply mocks it as a hashed and rehashed thesis, as if it were beyond the pale to point out that etc. means the following words have been omitted. As if Father Schweigel, who was certainly no Fatimus, but rather the emissary of Pius Twelfth in 1952, had not testified, without contradiction by anyone, that the second part of the third secret is the logical continuation, though I may not say anything, of the words, in Portugal the dogma of the faith will always be preserved, etc., as if no one should be suspicious of that, despite the Vatican knowing of this burning issue for many years, Bertone never bothered to ask Sister Lucia what follows the etc., and where she had written it down, or, if he did ask her, has hidden the answer. As if there were nothing amiss in Bertone and his collaborators using Sister Lucia's third memoir instead of the more complete fourth, which contains the words of the Virgin ending with Lucia's etc., so that message could pretend those words are not part of the message of Fatima. But rather, Lucias later added annotations, which could be relegated to a footnote and conveniently ignored. Taking up the very issue Bertone had just raised only to duck it, De Carli, while offering a soothing comment about how unfair it is that Bertone has been put on the griddle, makes this statement that, etc., according to Sochi and others, would allude to the text that the Vatican has not wished to reveal. It is not revealed because it is a boomerang against the Church the prediction of a planetary apostasy on the part of the church, an apocalypse now for Rome. Rome will lose the faith and become the seat of the Antichrist, the smell in the air of the smoke of Satan. And the Cardinal's reply? He once again completely ignores the etc., uttering an indignant protest while waving a red herring. They are pure ravings. Excuse me. You wish that the prophecy of Fatima concerns the apostasy of the church of Rome, Rome the place of the Antichrist? with the love the Madonna has for the Pope and the Pope for the Madonna, all the Popes of the 20th century, including Pope Ratzinger, books can be written, which denounce the presence of a conspiracy, a warped plot, to not speak the truth but to transmit it in code. And he who can understand, let him understand. No, it is a reconstruction, an inquest. I am amazed that journalists and writers who proclaim themselves Catholic lend themselves to this game. Nowhere, amid the indignation, is there an answer, to the charge that Bertone and his collaborators have deliberately evaded the telltale, etc., because they know it is the continuation of a missing part of the message of Fatima. Here, Bertone continues to evade the issue, even though De Carli has just brought it to his attention. Instead, Bertone rather demagogically defends the honor of the conciliar and post-conciliar popes when no one, including Sochi, has contended that Our Lady prophesied that the popes will lose the faith. Quite the contrary. The message of Fatima prophesies that the Pope will have much to suffer, and that suffering includes what the third secret in the missing explanatory words of the Virgin predicts. Apostasy in the Church, which, after all, is predicted by sacred scripture itself. Ignoring a train of witnesses. As for Bertoni's remark that Sochi and the Fatimists promote pure ravings, unworthy of true Catholics, by contending that the secret predicts an apostasy in the Church, So she points out that it is not he, but rather unimpeachable witnesses who link the third secret to apostasy. In his book, Bertone adds an attack on me, because I would have suggested that the secret foresees the apostasy of the Church of Rome and of the upper hierarchy. First of all, Bertone should carefully read again what Jesus said to Sister Lucia in his apparition in August 1931. Furthermore, it's not I who talked about apostasy, but Cardinal Ottaviani and Cardinal Chappi, in the third secret, it is foretold, among other things, that the great apostasy in the church will begin at the top. An analogous concept appears in Sister Lucia's words to Father Fuentes and in two statements by Cardinal Ratzinger. Yet, in Last Visionary, Bertone has not one word to say about the testimony of the parade of witnesses already discussed here, including cardinals, popes, and Sister Lucia herself, who established that the third secret involves more than a wordless and ambiguous vision of a bishop dressed in white. What we have just discussed represents Cardinal Bertone's entire attempt and last visionary to answer the case Sochi had presented in Fourth Secret. As we can see, Bertone effectively concedes Sochi's entire case, thereby inflicting major damage on the official account. Bertone gives the mere appearance of answering Sochi, when in truth the Cardinal has defaulted on every count of Sochi's meticulously pleaded indictment. As she notes, the problem is that this book doesn't give even a single answer to the questions I raised. On the contrary, it causes further problems. I felt totally embarrassed while reading such a bungled and self-wounding response. But the damage to the official reconstruction caused by Last Visionary does not end there. A new version of Sister Lucia's Confession In Last Visionary, Bertoni presents an entirely new version of the claim he made in Message, that during an unrecorded interview of Sister Lucia, she told him that the Virgin never gave her an express order that the secret can only be opened in 1960 by the Patriarch of Lisbon or the or the Bishop of Liria. For the reasons already discussed, Bertone and his collaborators were clearly intent on negating the very idea that the Virgin Mary herself linked the third secret to 1960, the year after the calling of Vatican II by Pope John the Twenty-Third. In Last Visionary, the attack on the express order of Our Lady continues. Addressing this issue, De Carli comments that, On the envelope of the congregation, the one allegedly containing the vision, was written 1960. It was necessary to open it that year. It was a precise wish of Sister Lucia. That framing of the question already steers us away from the truth. Sister Lucia wrote much more than 1960 on the envelope, and what she wrote was much more than her wish but DeCarly has set up Bertone's reply. At the approach of that date, someone thought that in that year something extraordinary should happen. I asked Sister Lucia, was it the Madonna who suggested that date to indicate a deadline so precise? She responded, it was a decision of mine because I felt that 1960 would be a date very far from the writing of The Secret in 1944, and because I had thought that I would be dead in that year. Therefore, the last obstacle to the interpretation and to the disclosure of the secret, would have been taken away. The Madonna did not communicate anything to me in that regard. It was a fictitious date, and Lucia confessed it with disarming candor. Amazingly, Bertone once again publicly accuses Sister Lucia of being a confessed liar. The chosen seer of God, who at age 10, would not lie under a threat of torture and death by the mayor of Orem, as we saw in Chapter 1. Just as amazingly... Bertone suggests that God chose a messenger who would simply invent orders from the Blessed Virgin that had never been given. Bertone's new account of Sister Lucia's alleged confession, that she simply invented an express order of the Mother of God, in order she obediently inscribed on the outside of the two envelopes Bertone will show the world on television only weeks later, is unbelievable on its face. Before examining this incredible confession, however, it will be helpful to place it side by side with the original confession, published seven years earlier, and message. And there is a table in the text that alludes to it. Mr. Ferrara continues, We see, to begin with, an alarming liquidity in Bertone's quotations of Sister Lucia, allegedly drawn from his never-produced notes. The wording and content of the two purported quotations are entirely different, and Bertone mysteriously fails to indicate during which of his three unrecorded interviews of the seer April 2000, November 2001, December 2003, he allegedly obtained the 2007 version of her confession, nor does he provide any contemporaneous record of the alleged confession. An examination of Bertone's notes would be quite interesting, since, as between the 2000 version and the 2007 version of the confession, there is a drastic alteration of Lucia's alleged rationale for choosing the date, 1960. In the 2000 version, Lucia is quoted as having chosen the date because of an intuition that it would not be understood before 1960, but will be understood after that year. In the 2007 version, however, the intuition regarding 1960 has disappeared, to be replaced by a mere decision based on totally different reasons. 1960 was very far from 1944. Sister Lucia thought she would be dead by 1960, and with her death, the last obstacle to revealing and interpreting the secret would be removed. The two thousand version of the confession was merely incredible, for the reasons already discussed in Chapter four. The two thousand seven version, another posthumous surprise Bertone had never mentioned before, is not only incredible, but filled with nonsense that could not possibly have been uttered by Sister Lucia, unless it was the product of undue influence upon the seer. At least six objections present themselves. First, Sister Lucia would never, on her own, make a decision when to reveal the secret Our Lady had ordered her to tell no one except Francisco. The very idea is laughable. Second, 1960 was not very far from 1944, and even if it were, that a date was very far from 1944 was not a logical reason for Lucia to decide that this date, of all dates, would be a good time to reveal the secret she was under heavenly orders not to reveal. Third, what would give Sister Lucia the idea that she would be dead in 1960 when she lived to the advanced age of 97? Nowhere in any of her writings do we find the least suggestion that she anticipated dying before her 53rd birthday. Fourth, Why, of all the years that elapsed between 1944 and her death in 2005, would Sister Lucia choose 1960 as the year to reveal the secret? Why 16 years from 1944, rather than a round number like 10 or 20? Fifth, What would make Sister Lucia think that she, the very recipient of the third secret, the chosen seer of God, was an obstacle to its disclosure and interpretation, such that only her death would remove the last obstacle to the interpretation and to the disclosure of the secret? And even if she had expressed this absurd idea, why would she view herself as the last obstacle? Sixth and last visionary, Bertone claims that he was sent to Coimbra to interview Lucia in April 2000 just before publication of the vision and the commentary and message, because the Pope had need of a definitive interpretation on the part of the religious. Yet in the same book, Bertone asks us to believe that Sister Lucia viewed her very existence on earth as the last obstacle to the secret's interpretation. Having announced the latest version of Sister Lucia's confession, unmentioned during the previous seven years and revealed only after her death, Bertoni says it is a plausible explanation But I think that it cannot be completely satisfactory, to say the least. The arc of time from 1944 to 1960, probably, signified for her a remote horizon, a sufficiently wide temporal arc for the comprehension of the sense of the vision. Bertone apparently fails to recognize the monumental absurdity of this declaration. That Sister Lucia, the chosen seer of God, was so deprived of any sense of the vision of God himself had deigned to give her and so abandoned by Our Lady of Fatima in the aftermath that she had to construct her own temporal arc for assessing the vision's meaning, including the arbitrary selection of the year 1960 as the endpoint of this arc. This, we are asked to believe, was the disordered state of affairs the Mother of God left behind for Cardinals Sodano and Bertone to tidy up with their interpretation of the Third Secret in 2000, some 83 years after the Fatima apparitions. Why so much concern over 1960? One might wonder why Cardinal Bertone would devote so much attention to discrediting Sister Lucia's testimony that the Virgin had linked disclosure of the Third Secret of Fatima to the year 1960. Why does it matter to Bertone and his collaborators that Our Lady had temporally connected that particular year to the secret? Why are they apparently so unwilling to let that connection stand, and why, as if to make it easier to convict Lucia of inventing the date, did they keep from the public the envelope, or, as it would turn out, two envelopes, confirming precisely that connection by an express order of Our Lady. There are two reasons that would explain these actions as anything other than pointless and irrational. First, as I have already suggested, if the very Queen of Heaven had expressly linked the events prophesied in the secret to the year 1960, this fact alone would destroy the preventative interpretation which demands that the vision of the bishop dressed in white depict the 1981 assassination attempt, which has no connection whatever to 1960, or, for that matter, to what is plainly depicted in the vision itself, a pope being executed by soldiers, followed by the killing of bishops, priests, religious, and members of the laity on a hill outside a ruined city. Second, the authors of Message know that Our Lady's directive to delay the disclosure of the secret until 1960 points unmistakably to the conclusion that the vision, which has no apparent connection to that year, must be only one part of the Third Secret, whose connection to 1960 and events following could be made clear only by another text, wherein the Virgin explains the vision's historical context and meaning. I recall here once again, Father Schweigel's revelation that the Third Secret has two parts, one of which is the logical continuation of the words, in Portugal, the dogma of the faith will always be preserved, etc. So, The express order of Our Lady had to go. Only by eliminating the Virgin's temporal connection to the Third Secret to the year 1960 could Bertone succeed in relinking the secret to 1981, in keeping with his interpretation of the vision, while directing attention away from the fact that the vision standing alone cannot possibly be complete, as there is nothing about it which would, to recall Sister Lucia's words to Cardinal Taviani, be more more clear, mais claro, in 1960 as opposed to, say, 1950. Thus, to defend Bertone's account, it would be essential to claim that Sister Lucia had invented the Virgin's Directive. Conveniently enough, Lucia is unable to contradict Bertone today. But Catholics must ask themselves, who is more likely to be guilty of an invention here, the chosen seer of God or a prelate intent on defending his personal position? It is opportune to repeat Sochi's observation about Bertone's unrecorded and selectively reported interviews of the seer. The sensation that arises from this management of the last witness of Fatima, this ecclesiastical self-contradiction, is of a certain brazenness and of seasonal and colorful versions of the truth, almost as if public opinion, the mass media, and the faithful did not know how to reason critically and to catch contradictions and evasive answers a new version of Lucia's agreement with the preventative interpretation. But there is still more management of Sister Lucia to consider. Offering another posthumously revealed statement in Last Visionary, Bertoni suggests but does not actually say that in the end Sister Lucia explicitly agreed with Cardinal Sodano's justly ridiculed interpretation of the vision of the executed bishop in white as a depiction of the failed attempt on the life of John Paul II, As Bertone now reports for the first time in this seven-year controversy, I asked her, Lucia, if she had connected the reference to the bishop dressed in white with the attack on John Paul II, if the third secret regards not only the popes, but in a quite particular way, Pope Wojtyla. De Carli asked Bertone what Sister Lucia answered, and Bertone replies that she had immediately connected, as soon as it came to her knowledge, the third secret with the attempt to assassinate the pope. Here, however... Neither the alleged question nor the alleged answer is quoted, but only Bertoni's characterization of what he claims was said seven years ago. And what Sister Lucia is alleged to have said, revealed only after her death, is a distinct improvement on the version that appeared in message. As regards the passage about the bishop dressed in white, that is, the Holy Father, as the children immediately realized during the vision, who is struck dead and falls to the ground, Sister Lucia was in full agreement with the Pope's claim that It was a mother's hand that guided the bullet's path, and in his throes, the Pope halted at the threshold of death. Pope John Paul II, Meditation from the Policlinico Gemelli to the Italian Bishops, 13 May, 1994. In 2000, Bertone asserted in message that Lucia told him she was in full agreement that the Virgin guided Aliaga's bullet into a non-fatal trajectory, not that the bishop in white was in fact John Paul II. In message, it was Bertone, not Sister Lucia, who referred to the passage about the bishop dressed in white, whereas Lucia referred only to the trajectory of the bullet. By juxtaposing the two unconnected statements, Bertone had created an impression, and that is all it ever was, that Sister Lucia agreed with Cardinal Sodano's interpretation of the vision. But now, seven years later, Bertone suddenly announces that Sister Lucia immediately connected as soon as it came to her knowledge, the third secret with the attempt to assassinate the Pope. Yet this news appears nowhere in Bertone's more contemporaneous account and message, his communique concerning the alleged post-message interview in November 2001, or in any other statement by Bertone before a publication of Last Visionary. But wait! After Bertone scoffs at the Fatimus for maintaining that a vision of the Pope being killed by soldiers signifies that a Pope is killed by soldiers, De Carli takes the bull by the horns and asks Bertone outright, All of this you explain to Sister Lucia and she accepted the interpretation? Bertone's answer, certainly, even if not in these terms. She insisted on the force of prayer and on the conviction, like granite, that the hearts of Jesus and Mary cannot be deaf to our supplications. In other words, no. When asked a direct question, Bertone was forced to concede that Sister Lucia did not actually agree that the Pope in the vision is John Paul II, and if she did not agree, then she could not have believed that the third secret relates entirely to 20th century events culminating in the 1981 assassination attempt. Yet another disaster. I could go on for many more pages, but it is time to stop, for the point has been made. Last Visionary is another disaster for Bertone and the Vatican. What Bertone seriously maintains was an operation of transparency in May-June 2000 is shown by his own book to be what Sochi had already proven it to be, a cover-up the worst-case scenario has unfolded for the Vatican. Bertone joined issue with Antonio Sochi but failed to answer him on the merits, thereby conceding Sochi's case, and still worse, embroiled himself in even more contradictions and implausible contentions than before. As Sochi rightly concludes in his reply to Last Visionary, this is bad news not only for Bertone and the Vatican, but for the Catholic Church as a whole. For any author, being personally attacked by the Vatican Secretary of State without a scrap of evidence would be a coup, but for me it is a disaster, because I consider myself, first of all, a Catholic before a journalist. I would have preferred to be dead wrong and to be confuted, or I hoped that the Holy Steed would finally decide to reveal the entire truth about the Third Secret of Fatima by publishing, as Our Lady requested, the still-concealed part. Otherwise, I would have preferred to be ignored, snubbed, boycotted, but the only mistake— The only thing to avoid is exactly what Bertone did, presenting himself publicly without answering anything and, rather, adding disastrous new revelations for him and for the Vatican. Yet Bertone had refused to admit the slightest problem with the official reconstruction he so indignantly defended in Last Visionary, a reconstruction that leaks water from every part. Instead, Bertone complains of those, such as Sochi, who refused to accept, as Bertone would have it, That the prophecy is not open to the future, it is consigned to the past. Bertone accuses his critics of not wanting to surrender to the evidence. What evidence? Even as he tellingly ignores a mountain of evidence that negates the official account. Papal praise for both Bertone and Sochi? I cannot conclude this chapter without noting that Bertone's book boasts a letter of presentation from Pope Benedict, in which His Holiness very conspicuously avoids even the smallest detail of the controversy. In this letter, as Sochi notes, the Pope confines himself to generalities that have nothing to do with Sochi's contentions. But, in a thickening of the plot, Sochi reveals that he has a letter from the Pope concerning my book, thanking me for the sentiments which have suggested it, Sochi says that the Pope's words are comforting before the insults and coarse accusations has hurled at him. While Sochi is understandably comforted by the Pope's letter, it raises enormously troubling questions. Why would the Pope thank Sochi for a book that accuses the Vatican of a veritable conspiracy to conceal the very words of the Mother of God, while at the same time appearing to lend support to his Secretary of State in an attack on Sochi? filled with evasions that only confirm the suspicions of the faithful. If what Pertone says is true, and what Sochi says is false, then why did the Pope's letter to Sochi apparently contain not a word of rebuke or correction? And why has neither the Pope nor the Vatican issued any official criticism of Fourth Secret, which launches into the worldwide public forum the gravest possible accusations against Vatican officials, and even Popes John the Twenty Third and Paul the Sixth here we must return to our provisional hypothesis. Perhaps, as so she suggests, Pope Benedict himself labors under the mental reservation, first put into play by John XXIII's private decision that he could not, or rather would not, determine the unpublished text to be authentic. Just as Pope John privately, but without any authoritative judgment, deemed the secret inapplicable to the years of my pontificate, evidently because it warns of an ecclesial and planetary catastrophe, he regarded as inconceivable and at odds with his personal optimism, so also certain members of the Vatican apparatus since then have privately concluded that the missing text is not authentic because it constitutes a profoundly negative heavenly commentary on the state of the Church and the world on their watch. To recall Sochi's observation, Pope John's initial dismissal of the secret weighed like a boulder on his successors, Benedict and the Vatican apparatus, then, would have inherited a veritable legacy of privately regarding the unpublished text as impossible to accept, and thus, conveniently enough, consider the text to be the mere thoughts or annotations of Lucia, rather than authentic words of the Blessed Virgin, from which premise it would be easy for them to rationalize the unpublished part of the secret as non existent. Yet, Pope Benedict knows that Sochi is correct in his investigations into the existence of this quote, non-existent text. Thus, the Pope, under the posited mental reservation to which he had committed himself as Cardinal Ratzinger, co-author of Message, would be able to lend his name informally to Bertone's denials, which are not really denials, while also acknowledging the validity of Sochi's work. And in the process of lending his name to Bertone's work, while also expressing gratitude to Sochi for his work, the Pope would not himself be admitting or denying anything, unlike Bertone and his collaborators. It is hard to see another explanation for the Pope's personal letter of appreciation to Sochi regarding a book that indicts Vatican prelates for covering up part of the third secret of Fatima. What a mystery there is before us. As Sochi says, it is the greatest mystery of the 20th century, a mystery that is only intensified during the first seven years of this century a mystery that only a few weeks after the publication of Bertoni's Last Visionary could not have been more intense as Bertoni made an unprecedented television appearance in an effort to shore up the crumbling official account. Let us conclude by honoring the Blessed Virgin Mary and St. Joseph. In nomine Patris et Filii et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. Ave Maria, gratia plena, Dominus tecum, Benedicta tu in mulieribus et benedictus fructus ventris tui Jesus. Sancta Maria Mater Dei ora per nobis peccatoribus nunc et in ora mortis nostrae, Amen. Prayer to Saint Joseph for a Soul in Purgatory by Father Donald Calloway. Saint Joseph, reigning in heaven with Jesus and Mary, intercede for the souls in purgatory. Today in particular I ask you to turn your gaze to the soul who is most forgotten in purgatory. This soul longs to see the face of God, O good Father. Ask the Holy Trinity to take this soul to the glory of heaven today. Remember me, St. Joseph, when I die. I beg you to be prompt in delivering me from purgatory so that I can see you, Jesus, and Mary face to face. Amen. Virgo potens ora pernobis Joseph terra daimonum ora nobis, In hominopatris et fili spiritus sancti. Amen. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Our Lady of Fatima podcast. Please share it with your family and friends. And join us next time. I am your host, Terrence M. Stanton. Goodbye, and God love you.